Welcome to Canvas Church. You are listening to our weekly celebration service message. Thank you for tuning in. Just, just keep playing, band. Uh, you can sit down. Go ahead, just grab your seat. I'm just gonna, as the band plays, I'm just gonna read the text today, and, and then we'll we'll get into the word. Um, we're in a series entitled the Soapbox Series, which we're looking at the, the Sermon on the Mount. We can go and bring the house lights up so I can see their beautiful faces. Um, and, uh, and we're looking at the Sermon on the Mount where Jesus is establishing his kingdom. And he comes and he declares some very specific things about his kingdom and really about himself and um, as he establishes it. This is what my kingdom is about. Uh, this is what we're doing. This is what it looks like to be a part of it. And we come to uh, Matthew chapter 26, or excuse me, 6, verse 25. And it says this, it says, that is why I tell you not to worry about everyday life. Now, if you're just joining us, or maybe you're not familiar with the text, and we, we start here in verse 25, and it reads, this is why I tell you not to worry about everyday life. You're like, wait a second. What do you mean this is why I tell you? What, what are we talking about? If you go back and look at, at the, the verses right before that, uh, Jesus is talking about, hey, you can only have one God. You can either have the Lord Jesus Christ or you can have mammon. We talked about that last week. You can go back and listen to that. Mammon meaning possessions, money, wealth. You can, you can pursue that and that can be your God, but you, if you do that, you can't have me too. In other words, uh, Jesus is very clear to his people that want to be a part of his kingdom that their sustenance, what they need for life, doesn't come from wealth, doesn't come from possessions, doesn't come from their ability to obtain those things. What he's setting up is his kingdom and he's saying, hey, I'm looking for everyone to be fully bought in. I'm looking for everyone to be fully apart. And if you're fully a part of this thing, I got you. I got you. Uh, if, I, if I'm gonna be your God, you don't need to worry about possessions. You don't need to worry about money. That, that, that can't be where your effort's going. And so he says this in verse 25, that is why I tell you not to worry about everyday life. Don't worry about it. Uh, this, this, this word worry, let me give it to you, the word worry. The dictionary definition is this, give way to anxiety or unease. Allow one's mind to dwell on difficulty or troubles. Okay, and, and, and here you need to hear it in the original Greek, that word translates, in the Greek it translates to this, to take thought. So Jesus says, take no thought in these things. And here's what that definition in the Greek is, to be troubled with one's cares causing anxiety. And so uh, the, the, the dictionary definition is, is, is right on with what Jesus is saying here. He's saying, hey, give no way to anxiety or unease. 
Don't allow your mind to dwell on difficulty or trouble. That is why I tell you, don't worry about everyday life. Whether you have enough food to drink or enough clothes to wear, isn't life more than food and your body more than clothing? And he gives an example. Look at the birds. They don't plant or harvest or store food in barns. Why? Because your heavenly Father feeds them. And aren't you far more valuable to Him than they are? And the answer is yes. Yes, you are. Can all your worries add a single moment to your life? Can expending the energy and the time and the words into worry, can it do anything for your life? Can it change the circumstance? Can it make your life better? No. Verse 28. And why worry about your clothing? Gives another example. Look at the lilies of the field and how they grow. They don't work or make their clothing. Yet, Solomon in all his glory was not dressed as beautiful as they are. Look at, look at what Jesus does here. He, 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 he uses an example and then he goes to something that they would understand to King Solomon, who was one of the wealthiest kings ever in the history of that kingdom. And he compares it and says, you know what? As much money and wealth as Solomon had, as much as he had, he could never clothe himself as beautiful as I can clothe flowers. <laughs> and if God cares so wonderfully for those wildflowers that are here today and thrown into the fire tomorrow, he will certainly care for you. Why do you have so little faith? Jesus addresses the worry. Listen, he's preaching a message about his kingdom. He's establishing his kingdom for the first time for everyone to hear. And he says, worry is not a part of it. Dwelling on things that lead to anxiety, that's not a part of my kingdom. Doesn't belong here. So why are you worrying? Let me give you a couple examples. Look at the birds. Look at the lilies. You're more important. I'm taking care of those. I'm going to take care of you. And then he says this, and let me give you the answer to your worry. It's faith. It's faith. Where does your trust lie? Where does your hope lie? The answer to your worry is why, why, why do you have so little faith? Verse 31. So don't worry about these things, saying, what will we eat? Isn't that, isn't, that, isn't that the problem with worry? You're always thinking about the future, always thinking about tomorrow. But when you get to tomorrow, guess what? Tomorrow never comes. You get to the next day, and now you're worried about the next day. And then you get to that day, and now you're worried about the next day. It's a never-ending cycle. And it's a tactic and a tool of the enemy. 
So don't worry about these things saying, what will we eat? What will we drink? What will we wear? These things, now listen to it. This is where he separates it out. These things dominate the thoughts of unbelievers. Do you see what Jesus did there? Jesus is establishing his kingdom. Let me put it to you in these words. If you worry, you're an unbeliever. Not what he just said? No, that, that, that's the concerns of the, listen, worry is for an unbeliever. I'm establishing a new kingdom where worry is not a part of it. You, you don't need to worry. I'm your king. I'm the good shepherd. You don't, you don't have to want anything, need anything, desire. And I know you're sitting there and you're like, Pastor, that's real easy for you to say. But you don't know my circumstance and you don't know my situation. You're right, I don't, but he does. He's the giver and sustainer of life. Did you hear the text? If he's going to provide for the birds, how much more is he going to provide for you? If he cares to clothe the, the wildflowers, not even the flowers that you take time to, to nurture and plant, the ones that grow on their own, that you did nothing for, the ones that you look at and call weeds. Come on, somebody. And they're so beautiful. If I take care of them and clothe them, how much more will I take care and clothe you? You, you got nothing to worry about. These things dominate the thoughts of unbelievers, but your heavenly Father already knows your needs. Do a little study on that word needs. That'd be a fun Bible study this week. He knows everything you need for health, for, for your finances, for your relationships, for your life, for your tomorrow, for your next year. He knows. He already knows it. So here's what I want you to do. Listen to what he says. Seek the kingdom of God above all else and live righteously. And he will give you everything you need. This is what he's saying. In my kingdom, rather than exerting all of that care and all of that energy on, on things you think you need and on worry, rather than doing that, exert that same amount of energy and attention on the kingdom of God. Put your focus and attention there and just live righteously. And if you do that, you'll have everything you need. You'll have everything you need. Are you hearing this today? Somebody's gonna get set free today. Somebody's gonna find liberty today. You, you've been carrying around weights and worries Let's call it anxiety because that's the definition. You've been carrying this stuff around. And, and here's the thing, it's for some of you, it's become such a part of your life, you don't even realize it. You don't even realize, it's become a part of who you are. This is just my cross to carry. No, it's not. No, your cross to carry is the kingdom of God and living righteously. 
don't, 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 don't get the scriptures wrong. Like, well, this is just the thorn in my flesh and you know, this is my cross to carry. No, it's not. No, 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 he carried it for you. You don't need to carry it. He wants you to focus on kingdom and righteousness. You don't need to worry about all those things. How am I gonna pay for this? How is that gonna work out? How am I gonna make it here? What if the doctor says this? How will we make it through that? What if? So, some of you honestly, like, like anytime something out of the ordinary happens, you, you, you automatically go to the worst case scenario. And by some of you, I mean most of you. And by most of you, I probably mean all of you. You, that, 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 that's an unbelief. You don't need to be that way. And I got a mirror in front of me, by the way. So when I say all of you, I mean me too. Just, just focus on the kingdom. Live righteous. You'll have everything you need. Man, this is so simple, but so free. And I can't think of a, a better two texts over the last two weeks to set you up for freedom in 2024. Only the Holy Spirit could have done this. We just find ourselves in the middle of our series and here he is saying, hey, 2024 is gonna be different for you. You're not gonna worry in 2024. You have nothing to worry about. You have nothing to be anxious about. There is none. Well, pastor, you know, no, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. He is the sustainer and giver of life. Listen to this verse. So don't worry about tomorrow. And this isn't the best verse for a worrier, but don't worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will bring its own worries. <laughs> Thanks, God. Today's trouble is enough for today. Listen to what he says. He doesn't promise a trouble-free life. He promises a worry-free life. Where's the big difference? He doesn't listen, and, and, and some people, this is where some people have bailed on Christianity. This is where some people have bailed on the kingdom of God. They heard the pastor say, hey, come to him and all your troubles will be gone. No, they won't. They'll still be there. He never once in scripture promises a trouble-free life. But what he does promise, if you're surrendered to him, is a worry-free life. You'll still face the same health challenges other people face. You'll still face the same pandemics. You'll still face the same, the same financial difficulties. You'll still face the same issues raising children in this culture. But you can do it worry-free. Because who by worrying can add one cubit to their stature? Who by worrying can change anything? Hallelujah. Let's pray. God, we thank you for your word. God, we thank you that your word is awesome. God, your word is amazing. And I pray in the next few moments that we have together that, God, you would just speak to us out of this life-giving, life-changing, life-transformation passage. And I pray, Lord God, that we would leave this place understanding your kingdom, living in your kingdom, and establishing your kingdom. God, I pray for every person here today that has been carrying around worry. God, I pray that today would be an absolute day of freedom. 
that they would no longer give way to anxiety. God, they would no longer take thought in the things that trouble them and cause anxiety to rise up. God, I declare freedom over every person in this place today. God, I pray that you'd help me in the next few moments that we have together. God, to create an environment for people to discover your son, Jesus. Know your incredible love and realize the awesome plan that you have for them. In Jesus' mighty name. Amen. 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 Can you just as you're seated, slap your neighbor high five and say, hey, worry no more in 2024. Come on, slap somebody a high five. Say, worry no more in 2024. Come on, God is good. Man, some of you feeling free already? Man, man, such a powerful, powerful time of worship. Uh, let's just jump right into it. Matthew 6, 25 through 24. Um, uh, you know, worry is something that plagues humanity. Worry is something that, man, is just within life as you live it out. Jesus here, as he's establishing his kingdom, knows that. But he's separating out his kingdom from everything else. Again, you got to understand, as we read the passage and we've been diving into it, Jesus could have talked about anything. He could have used any parable, any analogy, any story. He could have used anything. But why does he use the things he uses? Because he knows the challenges that humanity faces. He knows the things that you and I are going to walk through. And so he uses very real, very descriptive things to separate out and say, hey, Listen, if you're going to worry about all of these things, what you're going to wear, what you're going to eat, how you're going to live, whatever it might be, and now here's what you need to understand. Jesus goes after the simple things that we need for everyday life. And if he's going to take care of the things that we need for everyday life, how much more is he going to concern himself with the other things as well? That's the text. He says, look, if you worry about these things, and these things dominate your life, you are as an unbeliever. That's the way an unbeliever lives. You're going to be a part of my kingdom. A part of my kingdom is not trouble-free, but being a part of my kingdom is worry-free. You have absolutely nothing to worry about or concern yourself with. And as simple as it is for me to say those words, I know that in real time, it's difficult to walk out. So I'm, uh, it wasn't too long ago, a couple years ago, um, I was going to the doctor for a health concern I had, and, um, and, and they were doing some internal you know, medicine you know, stuff and trying to figure out what was wrong. And uh, one of the concerns was, was pretty serious. And, uh, and so I'm, I'm, I'm thinking about that, I'm dwelling on that to the point where my wife had a cousin that walked through the exact same kind of symptoms and things. And, uh, and it, was, it was severe, it was serious. And so I ended up reaching out to him, talking about his situation and his circumstance. And, and he walked me through everything. And, well, this is what you can kind of prepare yourself for. And this is what you can kind of, you know. And so I'm having these conversations. And then I get a call uh, from the doctor. And the doctor, I was in a meeting, didn't pick up the phone, didn't know who it was. And so I leave this meeting and I listen. And, um, and, and the voice said, hey, this is Dr. So-and-so. Um, I really need you to call me back at your earliest convenience. Thank you. Thank you. Some of you have got that message also, right? And so I am literally like, oh, my God, I'm going to die. 
Obviously, I didn't. <laughs> I'm here. But man, my mind was already going places, and I get this message, and my wife will probably remember this as I'm leaving. I called her, I was like, babe, and I'm in tears. I'm gonna, I'm gonna be honest with you today. I shared with you last week, I'm a very transparent pastor. I was in tears. Your faith filled pastor was in tears. And I'm like, babe, the doctor called. She's like, okay, what'd he say? He left a message, said, I need to call back at my earliest convenience. And now she's in tears. <laughs> And like we're like we're preparing, like you know, death benefits, all this stuff. Like, what's gonna happen? I, she says stop, but I'm telling you where my mind was at. And so I call the doctor back, and the doctor doesn't answer. And so I leave a message, and and I'm like, hey, doc, this is <laughs> trying to choke back the tear. This has been. Just calling you back. You said to call at earliest convenience, and uh, I'm, I'm calling you back. Please, please call me back right away. The next day. <laughs> Does anybody else have a love-hate relationship with doctors? And yeah, like, you know, calls me back, and I answer the phone because I recognize the number. I'm like, hey, doc. He's like, first of all, I need to apologize to you. He goes, I did not mean to worry you or concern you. I am so sorry. I should have not left a message like that. I, um, I just want you to know I need to reschedule our appointment. I'm glad you can all laugh at me. Once you know everything looks fine, we just need to reschedule our appointment. Um, to this day, they still can't find that doctor's body, but... Um, <laughs> Man, but can I just tell you something? Those 24 hours of worry did not change anything. The only thing it did was make my life miserable. And I was honestly, I don't know if you know the Holy Spirit allowed that to happen so that years later I could share a story with you. But here's the, here's, here's the reality. Um, you do the same thing. Uh, I was talking with somebody this week. Um, about their class schedule, and they needed to get their class schedule set up. And, and, um, and uh, the counselor called and said, hey, we need to set up a time. And I was talking to this individual, and they were stressing out. Yeah, the last time they called me, I had to do this, man. I had to take this many credits, and they didn't have a class I needed. And, I mean, it's just, I'm not looking forward to this phone call. And, and you know, and just, just worrying. I said, hold on a second. I said, maybe they're calling to let you know how easy the last semester is going to be. Yeah, there I was being all like, yeah, I've never walked through this. <laughs> you know, and sure enough, the phone call turned out great. Everything's working out awesome. Jesus in the text is saying to you, hey, who by worrying can really change anything? Being a part of the kingdom of God, we have nothing to worry about. But the reality is, is man, man, man the, uh, we, we do. And, and here's the thing you need to understand. This text is about so much more than money and provisions. This, this, this text is about, because he says it, why do you have so little faith? This text ultimately is about this. Do you really believe that he is the creator and sustainer of life? 
He goes after the little trite things that seem to get us, but really, if, if, we, if we boil it down, it's not even about money. It's not about provisions. It's not about food. It's not about clothing. It's about, here's the reality. With our declaration and with our mouth, we can sing songs and declare, God, you're good. You're the giver of life. You're the sustainer of life. But the way we live our life says something different. And when we worry, it is saying something about him. When we worry, it is declaring to him that, God, I don't believe you can do this. It's, it's getting quiet in here. When we worry, it is saying something about our God. When we worry, it is saying, I'm putting more trust in my ability to do this than in God's ability to do this when we worry. Because he says, hey, my kingdom is worry-free. <laughs> Anybody ever watch The Lion King? <laughs> yeah, the song is now going through your head, right? It's a problem-free. Yeah, see, now you're like, hakuna matata. When we worry, it says something about who we are placing our trust in. And so when, when Jesus teaches his disciples about prayer, a part of that teaching is, hey, give us today our daily bread. What is Jesus saying there? He's going back to his kingdom teaching. And he's saying, in your time of prayer, remember that I'm the sustainer of your life. You don't need to worry about tomorrow's bread. You don't need to work for 25 years and store up bread for the day you're no longer working. This is Bible. You don't need to. How, how many people spend their, their life 20, 30, 40 years working, saving enough. Now listen to me, I am not knocking people in retirement. God bless you. We're going back to the idea of what dominates you. And if you are working from a place of I need to do this and make this amount of money so one day I can have a life that looks like this, you're missing out on a lot of life. You're missing out on a lot of life. But if I'm living from the perspective of, God, you've blessed me with this ability. You've blessed me with this job. You put me in this place not to make money, but you put me in this place for kingdom purposes and kingdom influence. And so I'm going to focus on your kingdom and I'm going to focus on living righteously. And as I do that, all of these things are going to be given to me so that one, are you with me? Matter of fact, in that scenario, I'm a better employee. In that scenario, I'm a harder worker. And in that scenario, there is joy and fulfillment in life. 
But if I'm working from a place of, man, I gotta create something for my children. I gotta create something for my family. I gotta create something for, no, 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 no. You're not there. The job is not your provider. I am there for kingdom purposes. I am there for kingdom influence. I am there. I am focused on the kingdom. That's what, are you hearing that? That's what the text is saying. The text is saying, no, no. Seek first the kingdom of God. What is the kingdom of God? The kingdom of God, Romans uh, 14, 17, is not, it's not eating and drinking. It's righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. I'm focused on the kingdom of God. So when I go to my job place, I realize I'm not a barista. I am an agent of change for every person that is employed by that coffee shop. And not just those that are employed by that coffee shop. I'm an agent of change for every person I'm going to hand a coffee to. Kingdom focused. Kingdom focused. The other, the other way leads to worry. Are you hearing that today? It's where's the focus at? Where's the focus at? And some of us, man, are so filled with worry and concern. And so he hits it dead on and he says, why do you have so little faith? Why do you have so little faith? You want to be a part of the kingdom of God. He who comes to me must believe, must have faith, must believe that he is, and that he is a rewarder. There's another Bible study for you. He who comes into the kingdom and, and, and goes after him with faith, he is a rewarder. What is that? It's just constantly reinforcing his kingdom message. Seek me first. Everything you need is going to be given to you. Why does, why does God keep elevating me in my job place for more influence? It's not for more wealth. It's not so that you can increase your budget and have a bigger house and a better car and more boats and more motorcycles and more cars and more things and more vacations. Hey, listen, none of those things in and of themselves are bad and evil. But the reason he keeps climbing you up the ladder is because he's giving you more influence so that you can bring more transformation for his kingdom. So he says, hey, why do you worry? Let me ask you this question. How many guys want a worry-free year? How many guys want a worry-free life? It's in the kingdom of God. It's in the kingdom of God. Can I just share with you a couple of ideas that um, I found useful in my life uh, in real time, still today, when worry tries to creep in. Uh, my wife and I, we're walking through some of her health concerns right now. And it's so easy for worry to set in. But worry just robs us of so much. Listen, this is, this, is from, uh, this is medical stuff here. I did some studies. And it says this, constant worrying, negative thinking, and always expecting the worst can take a toll on your emotional and physical health. It can sap your emotional strength, leave you feeling restless and jumpy, cause insomnia, headaches, stomach problems, and muscle tension and make difficult to concentrate at work or school. 
and in extreme cases, it leads to substance abuse. And I know some of you are like, oh, man, I, I, I ain't shooting up with heroin. <laughs> Pastor, I ain't got drunk. Now, let me ask this question. Do you need that glass of wine at the end of the day to unwind? If you need that glass of wine at the end of the day, I just need a glass of wine to unwind. Really? It's quiet. Happy New Year! Now listen, I didn't say there's anything wrong with having a glass of wine. But if you need that glass of wine to unwind, there is a problem. It's a gateway. How to conquer worry. This is not exhaustive. This is just things that I've applied in my life that have helped me in those moments. The first one is it's this, pray. Pray. Pastor, why does it always come back to simple things like pray and read your Bible? <laughs> now, honestly, most things in life come back to fundamentals. And fundamentals in his kingdom are pray, read your Bible, worship. Live out your faith. You do those things, you're going to be all right. Pray. Pray, we talked about it before, prayer is having a conversation with him. And how can you go wrong with having a conversation? Listen, we spend, when we face health trials and health things, and I know this from my own circumstances, and thank God for doctors and medical professionals and friends and all those people, uh, but, but man, sometimes we exhaust so much time talking with all those people, and they're good, and, and they have knowledge, uh, but ultimately um, they got all of that from him, even if they're an unbeliever, so why not spend some time talking to the creator of your body and, and, and the giver of life and the sustainer of life? Take some time and go there. Just, just have a conversation. Pray, pray, pray. Matter of fact, he loves it when we bring all of our cares to him. I'm telling you right now, just as an earthly father, when my daughters come to me and they have a problem, you know what it does to me as a dad? I'm like, I got this, come on. I'll help you out. You know? I don't, it could be the simplest thing. Dad, I need a new set of tires. Oh, we got this. Come on, let's go get tires together. A father-daughter bonding experience. You have to pay for half of it, but <laughs> I got to teach him responsibility. I'm a, good, I'm a good father, right? I mean, he invites us. Listen to this. The, uh, uh, write this one, 1 Peter 5, 6 through 7. Cast all your cares to him. He cares, about, he cares for you. He invites us in. I mean, think about that. Cast on him. Listen to this. Where worry opens the door to the enemy, prayer opens the door to God. 
And I think we need to understand that. Listen, listen, listen to what Jesus says. Living a life of worry is, is the life for an unbeliever. Okay? When we worry, we are opening the door to the enemy. And the Bible says, give no place to the enemy. But when we worry, we're opening the door to the enemy and we're giving place to him. Because we've taken our eyes off the creator and the sustainer of life, off the Lord is our shepherd, I shall not want, there's nothing I need, there's nothing I lack. And we worry and we open the door to all sorts of thoughts. And then we start Googling. I know, I do it too. Y'all know what I'm talking about, right? Big toe hurts. Why does my big right toe hurt? OMG. Babe, I got three days left to live. Or it's, a, it's an ingrown toenail. I don't know. But are you with me? And then you worry. We could take that same energy, that same focus, and turn it to a conversation with him. And find a worry-free life walking through the most difficult seasons we've ever been in. Because at the end of the day, I, and I'll tell you, I learned this from one of my mentors. He's on the board of Canvas Church. Some of you know him. He now lives in Texas. Why, we don't know, but he moved there. <laughs> Pastor Steve Fitzpatrick, some of you know him. And I'm telling you, like, if you want to get around somebody that is joyful all the time, you just call him and say, how you doing? This is the first thing I hear. Happy in Jesus. And he says that, and he said it, I've known him for a long time. And I'm telling you what I learned from that man is I have nothing to worry about. Yeah, if this is my year, this is my year. If he wants to take me home, he'll take me home. Got nothing to worry about. Use that same energy. Listen to Philippians. Pray about everything. Philippians 4, 6, and 7. Don't worry about anything. Don't have anxiety about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need. Now listen to this part. And thank him for all he has done. When you pray, you pray this. Lord, give me today my daily bread. Give me what I need. This is, again, just reiterating his kingdom philosophy. Pray about everything. Tell God what you need. But in addition to that, listen, it's not just bringing every need to him and saying, here it is. When the need is fulfilled, recognize where the need was fulfilled from. And thank him for everything. Thank him for everything. Thank him. Thank him in the morning, thank him in the day, thank him at night. God, thank you for today. Thank you that today you gave me breath. Thank you that today was a successful day at work. And man, I, I, there was, you know, whatever it is, just thankful. Get up the next morning, Lord, I pray that today you'd provide for all my needs. Don't worry about it. Pray. Then, listen to it now, then you will experience God's peace, which exceeds anything we can understand. 
His peace will guard your hearts and your minds as you live in Christ Jesus. Worship team, come on up. I'm going to give them two more real quick. And then, and then listen, I, I, we're going to pray for some people. And there's going to be absolute freedom in this place today. And then you're going to sit tight and we're going to give you some stuff for 2024. Here's another one I've learned. We just sang about it. Proclaim. I'm going to pray, but then I'm going to proclaim. What am I going to proclaim? Rather than proclaiming death over my life, rather than proclaiming poverty over my life, rather than proclaiming I need this or I need that, here's what I'm going to proclaim. I'm going to proclaim the promises of God over my life. We sing about it. Prophesy. What does it mean to prophesy? It means to declare the word of God. All right, I'm going to declare the word of God over my life. I'm going to proclaim the promises of God over my life. Rather than exerting energy and complaining, rather than exerting energy and, and, and proclaiming bad things or whatever it might be, or even having those conversations with friends, now I'm going to take that same energy. I'm going to proclaim the promises of God over my life. I'm going to open up the word. I'm going to read it. I'm going to declare it. Let me give you a few. Here's a few good ones. Just grab your Bible. I mean, you can open it anywhere and just begin to declare. Psalm 27.1, the Lord is my light and my salvation. So why should I be afraid? The Lord is my fortress. Amen? How many of the Lord is your fortress today? Protecting me from danger. So why should I tremble? Why should I worry? Here's another good one. Isaiah 41, verse 10. Don't be afraid, for I'm with you. Don't be discouraged, for I'm your God. I will strengthen you and help you. I will hold you up with my victorious right hand. Wow. That's, 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 that's the creator of the world. That's the sustainer of life. Saying, hey, you got nothing to worry about. I'm going to scoop you up with my right hand. I got you. I got you. I got you. I'm going to proclaim the promises of God over my life with the same breath and the same amount of energy in the same amount of time. I'm going to proclaim those promises. The last thing that I've discovered is this is perseverance. Perseverance, endurance. I'm, I'm just not going to give up. I'm not going to give up. Um, there's a great scripture in the, in the book of Hebrews. Um, the book of Hebrews is, is written to believers who are living in persecution. They, they, have, they have a lot they could be worried about. They have a lot they could be concerned about. Um, but this message is delivered to them. And in Hebrews 12, 1 and 2, it says this. It says, therefore, since we are surrounded by such a huge crowd of witnesses to the life of faith. Let us strip every weight that slows us down, especially the sin that so easily trips us up. And let us run with endurance or perseverance, the race that is set before us. We do this by keeping our eyes on Jesus, the champion who initiates and perfects our faith. This is what that means. It means we are not going to give in to worry or fear. We are going to trust God 
fix our eyes on Christ and keep going. We're going to keep going. We're going to pray. We're going to proclaim the promises of God. And we're going to persevere. We're going to press through no matter what the obstacle is. We're going to keep our eyes on Jesus. Keep our eyes on him. And watch and see what he does. I want you to do me a favor. I want you to close your eyes right now. Because I really do feel like there's freedom here. Some of you are worried about your health. Some of you are worried about it. Some of you are literally battling um, things, and it's severe and it's serious. It's trouble, but you don't have to worry about it. You don't have to worry about it. Some of you are worried about your provision. Some of you are worried about your job. Some of you are worried about your children. Some of you are worried about your family. There's this worry. He says, worry is not a part of my kingdom. Worry is not a part of my kingdom. And you're here today and eyes are closed and heads are bowed and you'd say, Pastor, I need freedom today. I don't want to worry anymore in 2024. I don't want to carry this around. I don't want to carry this baggage. I wake up thinking about it. I go to bed thinking about it. Throughout the day, it pops into my head. It's, man, it's, I'm just, I, I don't want to worry about it anymore. I want to find complete freedom and I want to conquer worry. I want, I want to be in, fully invested in the kingdom of God. You're, you're here and you have worry and you're worried about stuff. Just shoot your hand. Every eye's closed. Every head's bowed. Yeah, shoot it up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's freedom right now. There's freedom right now. There's freedom today. 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 Lord, I declare over every hand that's raised right now that there would be freedom. God, there would be freedom. Not a freedom that just happens when we walk things out in obedience, but a freedom that's instantaneous right now as we surrender to you, the King of kings and the Lord of lords. I got nothing to worry about. Nothing can get me down. Nothing can concern me because you're you're the creator of my life. You're the sustainer of my life. You're the one that has gone before me. You're the one that's gone behind me. You're the one that's got my side. I have nothing to worry about. I will give no place to worry. I will walk out in faith and I will declare the promises of God over my life. From this day forward, we declare that we are going to move forward in 2024 using that same energy, using that strange strength, and we are going to declare freedom. We're going to declare the promises of God. We're going to declare provision. We're going to declare strength. We're going to declare healing. We're going to declare breakthrough. We're going to declare deliverance. We're going to declare life. We're going to declare health in Jesus' mighty name. We are going to prophesy over our current situation and declare there are better things to come for our life in 2024. Hallelujah. We're not going to give way to worry, anxiety, fear, depression. But today there is freedom in Jesus' mighty name. If you believe that, say amen. Hallelujah. Lord, we love you. And God, we honor you. And God, we thank you for who you are. In Jesus' mighty name.